This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Sean Bolson uh, joining us uh, on the podcast. And, and Sean, well... You know, I guess all you have to do is fire the coach <laughs> and things flip yeah. right around. It's been amazing that 4 and 0 since Heinz took over. They were not only losing games uh previous to that. They were getting blown out. They were giving up 7-8 goals. They changed the head coach. The penalty kill is fixed. The defense is outstanding. The goalies can't be beaten and neither can the Wild. They're 4 and 0 since the coaching change. What a change that's been. Yeah, you know, Obviously, it is a different voice. Uh, what helped is, you know, Gustafson faced 30 shots last night and gave up two goals. Mm-hmm. You can win games like that. When you face 30 shots and you give up five goals, you can't win. So uh, he has buttoned up the, the PK, the penalty kill. Um, defensively, we just seem to be a little bit more responsible. Um, and you look last night, I mean, Kaprizov scored. I think Felino scored, and then Boldy got a couple. Uh, or was it act? Yeah, Boldy got two for yep. sure. Yep. So I- anyway, you know what we're doing is we're 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 scoring goals and we're not giving up as many. That's a really good combination when you're trying to win a hockey game. Yeah, no so, doubt. Um, you know, like we talked before, sometimes you know, Everson was okay. Uh, Garen's the guy we trust. He trusted Everson, so that made all of us trust Everson. Yeah. Um, I do think this is you know, like we talked about, a little bit of an old boy signing. I don't think it's it's night and day different. Uh, between the coaches, but it is a new voice, and sometimes you reinvigorate, uh, let's say, relight the fire under the existing players that yeah. have been listening to the same voice for a long time, and you know, it just rolls off their back at the end. So positive, four-game winning streak, and giving up you know two or fewer goals, I believe, in the last four, which is something yeah. we haven't done all year. Yeah, the team goal differential now for the season is only at minus seven. It was quite a bit worse than that just these these four games ago. Uh, Kaprizov suddenly scoring goals and and moving better on the ice as well. Uh, it's it's strange how how that goes. I think there's maybe a little guilt that goes in it. Man, we just cost a guy his job because the players know. You know, uh, Everson isn't out there. Uh, giving up goals or or not converting on power plays. It's the players. They know that. And I think that fires them up a little bit, too. They feel, uh, you know, some some guilt about costing their coach a job, and they want to prove that they really are still a good team. Yeah, and, you know, like I've, I've said almost every single week, we're a good team that's missing two key players. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to be handcuffed for this year and next year because of the deals. And so we're operating at a uh, a loss. Let's call it. You know, yeah. we're below par for where all the other teams are. So everything we're doing is impressive. We have a, a superstar, and we have some. You know, Faber has really stepped up. Brodine continues to be solid, and Spurgeon. You know, so our back end is not bad. Yeah. But uh, we're 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 making some waves in this last you know week week and a half, and and when you don't give up, you know, more than two goals a game, games become easier to win. Yeah. That's what we're doing. I remember when the Wild signed Zuccarello uh, to a contract, and he was 33 at the time they signed him. I think this is his third year uh, now yeah. with the Wild, and uh, it it felt like you know just kind of a veteran presence. Uh, you know that they just wanted a more a guy who's seen some more time out there. But 
man, Zuccarello's been really good. I guess he's been with the Wild. This is his fifth season now uh, with the Wild already. But, you know, he leads the team in scoring this year. He's just a guy who uh, takes every shift and, and plays well. He is, and he's he's been a, he's been a talented guy for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, have You know, for Kaprizov, now going forward, you know, that works right now. Zuccarello is getting to the end of his career, even though he's still producing at a high level. Yep. You know, you've had Hartman. Now you have some Rossi, um, you know, keeping younger talent around him going forward is going to be key. Um, Rossi stepping up this year has been a really big deal. You know, this was somebody we had, he was a high pick for us. Then it was kind of a flop. Then it was a year of, hey, what are we going to do with him? And then he really, you know, put in the time, put in the effort, and he came this year, and he's been really good. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, having... People always developing, um, you know, you can have the veteran presence when you do have the younger guys that are there and performing, you know, on the same line, the same team. Yeah, that's right. You know, the really strange thing is that Kaprizov has the worst plus minus on the entire team. He's a minus four. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's the worst plus minus on the team. So how much stock do you put in the plus minus stats that the NHL uses? Well, I think they're huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're huge just knowing that from my own kid. Yeah. Um, how much stock is put in it, even in him? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the plus minus. So you talk about you don't always have to score goals. And again, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna re- relate this to my kid because I've seen it mm-hmm. this year. Big plus, and he's producing well. There's some years where at the end of last year, I think in the last ten games, he might only had a point or two, mm-hmm. but he played really good, and his plus was up. If your pluses is up. What happens is you're creating on the ice. You're doing the right things, and, and, and your team is scoring. If it's a constant minus, uh, you might have two or three goals and be you know a minus five, and that just means you know at times it can point to not you know defensive irresponsibility, turning the puck over. These are things that we have just seen with Kaprizov on a level this year we've never seen. Yeah. So Kaprizov might go out and score you four, but if he gives up seven, what do you gain in there? So. Yeah. Um, I can tell you the plus minus. There's a lot of stock put into the plus minus because you know you if you drive in the zone, you make a play, you pass it to the D, goes the other D, puts it in front, the guy scores. You're carrying it in the zone, allowed that entire thing to happen. Yeah. So basically, the movement that you've made and 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 when goals are scored, you're generally doing something right on the ice. Now, could you be just getting off on a change and they score and you get a magical plus? For sure. But that generally evens out when you're leaving the ice after a good shift and the other team scores and you get a magic minus. So um, I think there's a lot of stock put in it, and I think it it is an indicator on how a player is playing. Yeah, so that's interesting then uh, that Kaprizov has the worst plus minus on the Wild so far. This year he's been a plus player throughout his career, and it's not like it's egregious. I mean, it's only minus four. He could he could flip that in one game, really, if if the Wild uh, play really well. Uh, nonetheless, some work yet uh, for Kaprizov. Uh, how does the goaltending change? I know that they also fired their defensive and, and uh, uh, penalty kill coach as well, this Bob Woods. Uh, they sent him out the door along with Everson. So they must have decided that to change the power kill and so forth because that's also been really good the last four games. Yeah, the penalty kill was awful for yeah. quite a while. Yep. Um, and then we're taking undisciplined penalties, which just led to you know more penalty kills that were unsuccessful, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're down, you're down. We weren't scoring goals, so when you face a two-goal deficit, all of a sudden you see the, the air just deflate from the balloon and the team just kind of like, okay, this is, you know, 
here we go again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, you're using a lot of the same guys. You're just running a little different scheme on it. And, you know, the goalies are playing better. There's yeah. just no way to put. Now, can you say the quality of shot is easier saved because our defense is playing better? Yeah, you can probably say some of that. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is the goalies are just playing better. Yeah. You know, when Gustafson is, you know, over a 900 save percentage again last night when you're facing 30 shots, you're giving up two. I mean, that's really good. In past weeks, he faced 30 shots. He was giving up five or six. Mm-hmm. So um, a combination of all that together has uh, just led to, you know, four nice wins in a row. Yeah, he's cut over a goal off his goals against average uh, just in about his last four games. Gustafson, he was at like four and a half or 4.8 or something like that here not that long ago, but now uh, at three three five, a little more reasonable. Uh, to be a, a contender, you need your goaltender to be a, under a three uh, goals against average. So still some work to do, but headed in the right direction at least. Yeah, and then let's not forget, too, part of that penalty kill. Your best penalty killer has to be your goalie. Yeah. And so when your goalie's playing at a, at, a, at a high level, even though we have tweaked a little bit on you know how aggressive we are on the points, kind of where you're sagging on the penalty kill, the big thing is your goalie's playing well, and uh, your penalty kill numbers go through the roof when your goalie isn't giving up goals. Yeah. Do you think that uh, the Wild will make any trades for players, anything like that? Uh, I don't know. I think it's... You know, we're just so handcuffed still. Yeah. After next year, you know, two years from today, do I think if we're making a run, we'll make a trade? For sure. But as of right now, I mean, you might see some, you know, minor stuff, but you're not going to see the big, you know, like last year when, you know, we wanted a center. Is, yeah. is it Bo Horvat or who do you go get? You know, do you, um, that's the guy I wanted, but yeah. we couldn't get him. And if we did, it would have been up two-month deal because we couldn't afford them this year anyway. That's Does right. it make sense to draft or to uh, trade a lot of your, your uh, you know, basically your young capital, your young uh, players and prospects to rent a player for a little bit when you can't afford them for next year because you're strapped by the handy, by the uh, salary cap anyway uh, because of the uh, Suter and Prezi deal. So I don't look for any blockbusters this year or next year, but I think following that, if we are in a position and something makes sense, I definitely think they'll make the moves. Vikings back in action this week. They're in Vegas. Uh, did you think about going down to Vegas yourself at all and maybe taking in that game? I, I know some people from the Wilmer area headed down there to watch the Vikings play at Las Vegas. That would be a lot of fun. That would be fun. I'm not. I'm uh, going to the uh, Tampa Bay Jaguar game on Christmas Eve day in Tampa that I'm kind of excited to see. Ah, uh, sure. Um, although not as excited now because I was super pumped to watch Trevor Lawrence play, uh, who – just had a pretty major injury, you know, on what Monday night, Sunday yeah, night, yeah. Monday. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not going to Vegas. That would be a, a really fun one, from what I hear. That stadium and that environment's pretty, pretty fun. And, yeah. and uh, Vikings really need to get a win. Um, feel good story in Vegas with the coach and the quarterback and all that. But that's a game we can win and we should win. So we need to win that. Uh, Packers are, are now clicking on the heels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then we're going to have a couple games with the Lions, um, you know, and one with the Packers coming up. So this is a key uh, bye week. Off the bye week for the Vikes, we need to get the W. Kevin O'Connell will meet with the media today after their practice. He may or may not announce who their quarterback is going to be for Sunday. Um, but I, I kind of think they're probably going to stick with Dobbs for at least one more week. But uh, what do you think? Who they think? Uh, who do you think will start a quarterback this week? Well, I would think they'd go with Dobbs. I'd be okay if we went with the uh, with Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I would like to see what Hall has uh, before the end of the season. Um, Dobbs came in, wasn't thinking, cut it loose, let his uh, legs do the talking, made a couple of big throws in this first week or two. Yep. Now it seems like the more practice he's had, very calculated. I feel like we've kind of put the training wheels back on him. Um, whether that it's it's purposeful or not, uh, he was very reactive the first couple weeks and made some fun plays. Right now, uh, he looks very mechanical to me, not using his legs like he could, not really letting it go. He looks really mechanical and calculated. So that needs to change. And, and if O'Connell says, hey, I think Hall gives us just as good of a chance to win, at this point to see what he's got, um, you know, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it's a fine line they have to walk, you know, and O'Connell has, has talked about this before, that you're kind of serving two masters. You have to keep an eye on the future for your team, but you have to win the game that's right in front of you at the same time. And those two things aren't always, uh, you know, don't always go together uh, the best. So clearly they want to see what they have in Hall. They obviously like him or they wouldn't have drafted him out of BYU uh, before this season. At the same time, they're in the playoff hunt. Are you more comfortable with a veteran? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm fine with seeing Hall play if they're out of the playoff picture. If they're still in it, I just wanted to take who they think gives them the best chance to win. If they determine that's Hall, okay, uh, I'll ride with it. But at this point, I'm not sure uh, yet that it is. But but you're right about uh, about Dobbs. He definitely has started to hold the ball longer uh, the last two weeks. They, maybe they shouldn't have taught him the whole playbook and had him uh, take all that in because it is a little bit of paralysis by analysis, at least this last time he played it looked like. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I was very disappointed uh, with so many uh, uh, been successful as that over the middle. And when you look on the Hawkinson stuff, you know, last game, you know, the two passes towards the end of the game over the middle were open. Defenses, corners aren't respecting our receivers right now. No. They're bumping run. They're, they're not giving them any cushion. J.J. wasn't there. Slot stuff over the middle, tight end stuff over the middle. I was pretty disappointed with the calls. Uh, just kind of, I mean, it was very predictable. Yeah. You run on first down, you get no yards. You throw a three-yard out on second down, you're in third and long. Yep. Um, it just wasn't very, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about O'Connell being the quarterback whisperer and this offensive genius. He is. He's proven it. Mm-hmm. But, man, last game was very vanilla. Yeah. And it wasn't a, a it wasn't a uh, scheme to win the game, and you know, disappointing loss, two weeks in a row, you know, with Denver and then what the Bears. Yep. And so they need to come back. Um, the Cincinnati team has one of our old retro uh, backup quarterbacks, <laughs> right? Uh, you, you know, looking really good. I mean, they beat the Jags in Jacksonville. Yep. So we know that uh, you know this week's winnable. Cincinnati, we knew would be more winnable without Burrow, but you know now you got the Bengals playing at a decent level. So we're going to need to get more creative offensively and execute in order to win these games. Yeah. He hit like 32 out of 37 for 350 plus yards and three or four touchdowns. Uh, And it was his second career start. Another career backup, very similar to, to Josh Dobbs. That's he's played on several different teams and, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, what are you going to do? The guy has a great game. I'm still not thinking that that's the guy. Uh, for Cincinnati going forward, obviously uh, with Burrow out there, but but I'm not ruining the day uh, that they decided to to cut him uh, from the Vikings. I didn't even 
You don't even hardly know he was on the team, actually, until, you know, no. this, this race in spate with Cincinnati. But, but uh, you know, the Vikes do need to win. And the Packers are looking a lot better. And right now, uh, it looks like the Packers have the better quarterback situation than do the Vikings because Jordan Love has started to play pretty well over the last four or five weeks. He has. And, you know, r- right now it's attrition in the NFL. I think I saw stats that, Four of the seven teams, if the season ended today in the AFC, are starting backup quarterbacks this week. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. You, you think about the, the number of injuries that have happened, um, and, and just and that's only of the seven playoff teams, yeah. the four division leaders and the three wild cards. Yep. You think of the rest of the league with Rodgers and with, you know, all the – I mean, it's it's been a tough year on quarterbacks, and, and that backup quarterback position, you know, is, is, is pretty uh, – you look at the Colts, you know, they're in the playoff hunt. Gardner yep. Minshew, he's led them through. You go into seasons and you put all this money and you put all this stock in your quarterback, and you look over half the teams that are going to make the playoffs in the AFC are playing backup quarterbacks. Just shows how important that position is. Yeah, no doubt. Jake Browning is the guy I was trying to think of that's a Cincinnati quarterback here lately. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and each game's so big because there's so many teams uh, that are 6-6, six and six, uh, just like the Vikings. So they need to... Um, you know, keep winning. Uh, the good news is that they have the tiebreaker advantage over some of these teams. They will play the Packers uh, again this week. But uh, there's what? Uh, Seahawks, Rams, Packers, Vikings, uh, all 6-6. Six and six. Throw the Falcons in there, but they're in first place in their division. So a little bit of a different situation for them uh, playing in the NFC South. But, um, you know, if the Vikes are going to make the playoffs, this is a game they have to win. I don't see them sweeping the Lions. Maybe a split against Detroit uh, I think yep. they could get, but and that and that might get them in if they split with the Lions and they win uh, this weekend. They got to knock off the Packers, so they might lose the tiebreaker to them. Uh, still a chance to get in the playoffs, and once you do, you know anything could happen in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know you look at even last week, you know out in Philly, you know the Eagles got absolutely destroyed yeah. by the Niners. Uh, you look at it. I mean, I know it was earlier in the year, uh, and we, uh, you know had a couple more weapons than we do right now, but we got by the Niners. Yeah, yep. You know, yeah. you look at it, I mean, the true, a chip and a chair and anything's possible, you know, that's true. Now, we need to get our quarterback situation figured out, yep. and Dobbs either needs to get back to being a little more reactive and not being so calculated and holding the ball and, and, and just not being effective, or, you know, we need to see if Hall can do it. Do, do I think this is a year to make a Super Bowl run? No, right. I don't. Right. Because, you know, Cousins is gone, but this is yep. a, a year that we can, you know, again, find ourselves in the middle of mediocrity and, and <laughs> make the playoffs <laughs> and miss out on the big draft pick and lose in the first round, maybe the second round. I mean, that's kind of what it's setting up to be. So It, it kind of is, um, yeah. It is, but yeah. you know what? They're entertaining each week, and, yeah. and we ask for that every year, and, and they've done Yeah, that's right. I just like to watch winning football, and then, uh, you know, it, once they lose in the playoffs, which hopefully is in the playoffs, uh, you know, I, I, I moan about it for a, a day or two, and then I go, well, there's always next year. You kind of have to be that way as a Vikings fan, uh, it would seem. Sean, thanks so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. All right. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.